<laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to Wrestling Has Lost Its Way. Uh, we're going to get started off. Uh, there wasn't much news this week, but for the little bit of news there was, here's Johnny. All right, like you were saying, compared to last week, there wasn't hardly any noteworthy news this week. Uh, that's until yesterday. So, uh, some uh, allegations have been brought up against uh, the Velveteen Dream, whose real name is Patrick Charles Jr. Uh, he has uh, on his Instagram a while back, which I don't have him on Instagram, and I know I don't like him, and I know you guys don't either. Yeah, we don't care for him here. Yeah, so I don't follow him. But apparently he he had asked if, uh, you know, he said his DM was open if anybody wanted to send him messages. So I guess fans started messaging him, and, and uh, one of them was a 17-year-old a girl. And, and this was all posted, from, came from Reddit, that uh, she messaged him, and he messaged her back ask, yeah, and with... And, you know, not only replying to her message, but with nude pics. And he asked her for nude pics. And when she wouldn't send him nude pics, he 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 deleted her from his Instagram. It's and um, so found that she was seventeen, and he was also messaging her friends, which were fifteen and sixteen years old. Yeah. I was going to bring that up if you didn't mention the other two friends, but like I said, a lot of the details we're getting might be incorrect just because this news is so new. Yeah. I heard 15 and 14. Uh, I don't know, but whatever the case is, they're minors. Right. And and, uh, he's claiming that his Instagram was hacked. But if you, they looked at the uh, the location where the the DMs were sent, and it was from uh, Washington D.C., which is where he's from. So, yeah, I, I, I it's hard to tell. Yeah, I have my own theory. Like Johnny said, it's hard to tell. But so let's say they did hack his Instagram, and they did DM. Uh, these girls acting it was him, but then they shared a picture. How would they get that picture of you? Right. I, I, I mean, unless they did hack into your 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 system and did and took your pictures. Yeah, I mean, if they were to hack into his phone or something like that, and he did so have that picture there. So we know these are 14, 15 year old girls. Do they really have the knowledge to hack into this stuff? <laughs> we're, we're, no, we're not saying they didn't. They didn't say no. they didn't. They're no. the victims. They're the victims. Yeah, so it has to be someone on the other end or acting, acting as, well, that's what we're saying. Mm. So it's either someone hacked in and was acting as him or it's really him and he's just trying to cover his tracks. Right. And, um, but, I go with the second theory myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- this isn't the first first time he's gotten himself into trouble. This, um, 
this situation here, it brought out another incident that he had late last year in Orlando on uh, November 30th. Uh, a guy named Ed- Edgar Rodriguez had said that uh, he left his uh, his Infinity, Infinity QR Sport parked on the corner. He went to go do something. When he came back, somebody had smashed the windshield. And one of the nearby businesses, their security camera caught it and showed uh, um, a black man wearing a pink shirt and dark colored uh, pants uh, making motions like they were breaking the windshield. And, and he uh, and he looked like Velveteen Dream. The, and in fact, uh, Mr. Rodriguez, he pointed him out in the lineup in December as being the one who smashed the, the windshield. Then on February 11th, he was at warrant with issue for his arrest. But on that same day, uh, the, the judge in the case said that for some reason or another that there wasn't, you know, enough evidence to convict them or something to those lines. So I'm thinking, you know, somebody from the company, you know, got him off. Yeah. And with that first case, I could see how someone with the company could help him because it wasn't that serious of a case. So they could just kind of brush it aside and continue. Yeah, and, yeah, it's just pet petty uh, vandalism. Yeah, and just like pay the guy off or whatever. So I see how that could work, but this is a different situation. It's more serious, so I don't see how WWE or why WWE would help him out with it because if it does come out that they did something to kind of make this go away with money. It could look bad on the company. So I don't I think, think they would want that to come out. I can see him actually this week. I can see him being released. Yeah. With the way things are right now, yeah. I could see that being a possibility. I don't know why they didn't release him a couple weeks ago. I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I know he's, he's, you know, now he's going after the NXT title, but right yeah. now, right now, with no, no upcoming pay per views, you know, not even knowing when the next NXT pay per view is, NXT is going nowhere right now. Aside yeah. from that, aside from that cruiserweight tournament, that's it. Yeah, if I was them, what I would do is, uh, I don't know, maybe throw out a match between them next week and just say, all right, we're just going to have Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream for the title and have him lose in two minutes. <laughs> just make it real quick and just be like, all right, that's your send-off. You're out of here. You know, you brought this on yourself. Why give him a send-off? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're working – you'd have to think that this was going to lead to that eventual title match. So you can't just cut that off. I mean, get hurt they by have, They would have to end it again. somehow. Have him get just, hurt or something. Tell him his career ending. 
Why not? If, uh, yeah, that could work. <laughs> they would have to attack him again, and it would look like the spot from last week, except that he would get the worst of it. So, yeah, sure. Why not? Don't even give him a title match. Just injure him, air quotes, and make it be career ending. So, yeah, that could work. I don't know. It's fucked that up either be way. Shot. <laughs> Maybe it's because we all hate him, but oh well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, this is my honest opinion. If a, re- a wrestler that has a, the word velvet in his name, it's gay. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I mean, who knows? Just the way he acts, I've never liked it. Is that just guy wrestlers? No. Does that comment. count for women wrestlers too with the name Velvet? No. 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 Look, no. Velvet Sky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but see, that's the difference. Is it yeah. works for them? Woman. Yeah. 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 They can use it, and because we like it. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, you can't be a dude and have velvet in your, in your name, man. Yeah. yeah. It, it just doesn't sound name, Velvet Teen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I would have thought of that joke. <laughs> Damn it. How come we didn't think of it? Yeah, yeah. but e- either way, I think – Maybe this is just because we don't like him or whatever, but this should just end his career with WWE because it wouldn't look good. Because the same thing happened to Enzo. Yeah. And then also, even though though it happened after WWE run, it also happened with James Ellsworth as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Like I said, it wouldn't look good because – you know, they let go of Enzo and other people have had some sort of same issues with kind of the same type of situation. So if you don't let him go just because of what you're doing with him right now and because you see potential in him, which not all of us do, obviously. Uh, yeah, that would be a messed up reason to keep him with the company, so. I just think you just got to do right by it and do what you've always done and let them go. That's just my opinion. And I have a feeling most of us, at least the three of us, feel the same way. Yes. So, yeah. He just needs to be let go. Fuck it. Fuck him. Fuck what he's doing. Just let him go. Yeah, so we're going to – I want to bring up something else real quick because I want to get away from that already. Uh, with what happened on SmackDown with the 25th, uh, 25th anniversary of Triple H at the very end when everybody was coming through the phone, Ric Flair was crying, uh, Road Dog was there, uh, the question I want to ask Drew is, do you think they should have brought in Billy Gunn? Or do you think not having him show up on the phone or have a video talking to Triple H, was that the right thing to do? Do you think they should have forgot about him so easily? 
Well, I don't know because they didn't bring in Pac either or X Pac. Yeah. So. Okay, so let's put X Pac in the mix as well. But X Pac works with the company. Yeah, Yeah. I would have seen them bringing him in before Billy Gunn. Yeah, but since they since it was kind of like the 25th year celebration as a whole, and they did mention DX, uh, do you think they should have brought them two in somehow? They probably could have had them both call him, like uh, Road Dog did. Okay, but I don't. Yeah, but I, I think they didn't bring Pac in, so that way they didn't have to bring in Billy. I think that's why okay. they did. They might have done that on purpose. Yeah, because if so, you bring in Pac, they, they would everybody would want you to bring in Billy. But since you don't want to bring in Billy because he's with a different company, just leave Pac out. Right. Okay, so kind of just uh, forget about them too, like they're forgetting about Chris Benoit as well. <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there the only reason I brought uh, segue the only reason I brought up Billy Gunn and Xbox is to kind of segue into this Chris Benoit argument <laughs> it's two on one here I'm just going to keep it with the people on the show for now it's a two on one situation so one of the questions I brought up during the week is okay. This all started because over the week, <laughs> over last weekend, I binge watched all the Dark Side of the Ring, and I finally got to see the Chris Benoit one, part one and two. So I started talking to Freddie about it, and he had this question. <laughs> yeah. So the question was, with everything that happened, should Chris Benoit be allowed in the Hall of Fame? And should the category of his fights and the catalog, I mean, of his fights, should he be put back into WWE history? Because I know they pretty much, from what I know, and from what the company has said, uh, they took him out of the WWE history. So my question is, should he be allowed to be put, put back into history? And uh, into the Hall of Fame, which my answer is yes. You got to separate the man in WWE from what he did in real life. For my own personal reasons and what I believe, which is really only one big argument that I'm trying to throw out there. But Johnny and Drew seem to think the opposite. So I for want different them, reasons, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just want them to say what they think and make their throw their argument out there before I say what my reason is and kind of ask for your feedback on well, it. So. Okay. First of all, I was thinking about this. Uh, WWE Hall of Fame is not uh, uh, no matter what you think of it it's not a legitimate Hall of Fame the real pro wrestling Hall of Fame is in Wichita Falls, Texas uh, yeah. and so okay in that sense maybe he he can go in to the WWE Hall of Fame not in the actual pro wrestling Hall of Fame because uh, I, I mean I think real life and this is how I put it to you earlier this week 
real life events they pardon the word uh, Trump uh, <laughs> uh, they they uh, what 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 was the word I used oh, okay I said they they trumped uh, uh, predetermined accomplishments yeah but the way WWE looks at it is their accomplishments they they want to make it seem real so they kind of praise the accomplishments yes too much sometimes so if you're going to do that for other people like triple h who we i know triple h is a different situation altogether yep. just because I, you've, you've never heard of triple h having any any legal problems throughout his career in his ever. real life ever yeah that and uh you know marrying a certain someone and <laughs> that now, doesn't matter that now doesn't. you say that doesn't matter but i think it kind of does okay all right i'm i'm going to put it this way so something else that happened on Friday during SmackDown during the celebration bit at the end um, the back and forth between Triple H and Shawn Michaels talking about how his 25th year celebration went so over as well and <laughs> Triple H trying to remember a moment from Shawn's 25th year anniversary when, when we all know there wasn't one so, you know, that that kind of, I don't know, in my mind, proves my point. <laughs> At least to me that, you know, Triple H being in, being married into that family, being tied in now, uh, kind of helped him move his way up well, and get this 25-year anniversary. Let me put it to you also this way Benoit's best friend was Eddie Guerrero. And yeah, he's revered. Eddie, yes, Eddie Guerrero was put in the Hall of Fame. Eddie Guerrero also had issues outside the ring as well, which, yeah. were, which were also chronicled in that Chris Benoit uh, be, be a dark side of the ring. Drinking uh, drugs, cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but see, the thing is, Guerrero had a lot better accomplishments in the business than Benoit. Benoit never won a world title. True. But I thought they won one on the same night. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, that WrestleMania he won, moment. Yeah, he won that WrestleMania moment. That was his his only world title. Which I don't think he held it for that long. Yeah, he didn't, but I don't know, you can make the argument that he still had it and just some of the things he did in the company and but, but I'm, I'm also saying with you know you would think he would go in the hall of fame being as as close he was to the guerrero yeah and something i was reading right now just before we started the podcast is uh uh vicky put herself on record by saying that he should go in the hall of fame and you know coming from vicky someone who stayed with wwe after uh, everything happened with Eddie and everything that happened with Chris, and, she still worked with the company for years. And, so. 
and I, you know, I believe if you take away this, how his life ended, and and the and the lives that he ended at the, you know, right at that in the end, if you take that away, yes, he would I would be say in. he does go in the hall. In fact, he would he would would have been in the hall of fame for a few years now. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. He would be. He definitely would be in there if it wasn't for this last little bit. So the way I, the way I've been trying to justify it and throw it out there to Andrew and Johnny during the week is, if Chris Benoit didn't do his headbutt off the top rope for WWE for so many years, which is how you got to figure that he got most of his concussions and issues that led him to do what he did, then maybe he would still be here right now. And yes. his wife and his kid would still be here. I, I, right I agree. Now. I agree because after he died, they, they, uh, took, they studied his brain. He had uh, a lot of, uh, you know, plaque build up in his brain and dead, you know, dead brain cells. He was only 40 years old, but he had the the brain of an 80-year-old man. Yeah. And the other thing I want to point out, since Johnny brought that up, is the guy who was able to do the exam on his brain is Chris Nowinski, ex-WWE wrestler, who after being told he couldn't wrestle anymore because of one of his concussions, he got dedicated and switched careers to study brains and try and prove that these effects do have a longer lasting, longer lasting issues than some people would normally think. And uh, he even wrote a book about it and how he was trying to find the perfect connection between the book he wrote and his theories to an actual brain sample to prove what he wrote is true. And he was able to make the connection with his book and his theories using Chris Benoit's brain and the test that he did with it. So my final argument on it is uh, if Chris Benoit had been told or advised by either Eddie Guerrero, his best friend, or Mr. McMahon or someone high up in the company as, uh, hey, maybe if you calm it down, we won't have that many issues in the long run with you physically and mentally. So maybe look after yourself a little bit. And them as a company having to kind of look out for their wrestlers in that way. I think if they would have done that, uh, it would have helped Chris Benoit be a completely different person than how he ended up. So, yeah, I one of the things Drew to, told me when I brought this up to him is, oh, so you're putting the blame on WWE, which Blaming I, again. I, I never cleared this with him because I wanted to say it. <laughs> right here uh i don't put all the blame on wwe i also put some of the blame on chris benoit 
because him as a person, he could have also went to Vince and been like, hey, look, I don't want to do this move anymore. It's, it's causing me too many troubles and me having to take time off or wrestling not as good as I can be because of the issues I'm having. So he could have also shelved the move, but right. I think it, I don't think he would have done that because he was such a dedicated wrestler that he wanted to put it all out there. So that's when WWE should have came in and saved him from himself, which is what he couldn't do. Yeah, because he was using it long before he was in WWE. Yeah. And one of the things they did address in that documentary. Also blame ECW and WCW. Yeah, you could, but you so know, you blame the be, whole wrestling industry. So, on. so you, you want to blame Paul yeah. Heyman and Ted Turner and Vince yeah. McMahon and Eric Bischoff? Yeah, it's just blame you everybody, have, but but Chris. Yeah, I'm not saying don't blame. <laughs> well, I mean, look, you can't well, you can't blame Chris anymore. Well, no, <laughs> but I'm you talking can. about back then. You can still blame him. <laughs> You might yeah, not respond, but you can blame him. Yeah. Well, what he did at the end, then you could say that it was something that by that point wasn't under his control. Yeah. Yeah. Because you got to be in the right state of mind to be in control. Right. And he obviously wasn't in the right state of mind anymore. And it wasn't all his fault, is all I'm saying. You know, I know WWE won't take the blame. I know Vince won't take the blame. And Chris Benoit can no longer do it anymore for obvious reasons. So, you know, I'm just laying it out there as how I see it. And other people should have stepped up, including Chris. So there, I said it. Chris Benoit could have stepped up and said, I don't want to do this move anymore I want to save myself from who I could be and from the lasting effects of this move but Vince could have said the same Uh, a lot of people could have said the same to kind of help him out you know but no one did I know someone tried to advise him not to do it anymore but it, it didn't work but if many people would have came to his side and said, hey, don't do it anymore. He he might have done it, you know, put it into perspective for him. But, again, I, I know we all have our different opinions on it, but I just wanted to bring it up because I, I think it's a bad situation that, you know, he won't be allowed to go in with so much that he did, not for only WWE, but wrestling as a whole. I just want there to be recognition there for someone that deserves it. Right. But, there, you know, there's a whole list of wrestlers that still haven't gone into the Hall of Fame yet. Uh, there yeah. was years ago after Eddie passed, uh, somebody had uh, approached me and said, well, well, if they're going to put Eddie in, Eddie in the Hall of Fame, why don't they put Owen Hart? And I told them, I said, they don't put you in the Hall of Fame just because you die. Yeah, uh, Owen Owen Hart, he did have some accomplishments, but maybe not at the level that 
that uh, Guerrero had or even Chris Benoit. But yeah. I mean, I, I I believe Owen does deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He the actually did something thing... significant too. Which is? Broke Austin's neck. <laughs> okay, you see, uh, see and if, you, if you really want to think about it, that might be what keeps him out because if that had not happened, I, I think if that neck injury hadn't happened to him, I think you would still see Austin in the ring today. If, and not, not on a full-time level, but, uh, you know. Yeah, maybe yeah. part-time. Yeah. Like yeah, Cena-ish. Yeah. Right. Goldberg. Goldberg, yeah. You know, imagine. And the same could a, be said for Sting. Too. Yeah. Yeah, imagine a Goldberg- Steve Austin, Steve Austin match yeah. in Saudi Arabia right now. <laughs> that would bring in so much money because that's really one of the reasons Stone Cold was created because he was uh, WWF's answer to Goldberg in WCW. Yeah, he, he had the at the time he had the same look. Y'all watch yeah. the uh, Broken Skull session between those two. Goldberg yeah. said the exact opposite. He was brought in to be the uh, the answer to Stone Cold. Yeah, the answer to Stone Cold. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least that's what I they mean, said on the Broken School. Okay. Yeah, I mean, what could we believe? Uh, I would believe that just because it's coming from Goldberg, yeah, you right? Know? Yeah, and yeah. who would know better than Goldberg as to why they brought him in? So. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're kind of straying away from the subject a little bit. But yeah, it's okay. That's fine. We do this a lot, well, as you all for. know by now. Yes. But, you know, in as my final statement on it is I still stand under the belief that he should be let in just because of, you know, Johnny even said it himself. He accomplished more than Owen Hart. You know, maybe mainly because he had more time with the company than Owen Hart. Uh, another story we could get into at another time. But yeah, I just believe he should be put in. And maybe eventually he will once the years go on and uh, they start running out of people to name <laughs> to put in there. So I don't think that'll happen. I don't think they'll run out of people to put in. No, I don't think so. <laughs> well, I, I could name you 10 people right now that should be in there. Yeah. yeah, but like you said, that that's like I'm about to say, that's 10 people. I think eventually they'll start getting into the names that kind of didn't accomplish as much. And they always have to have that top tier last two people that truly accomplished well, Great but stuff you, with also, the you also got to think that the 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 stars that are in now are, are wrestling now. In ten years, you know they're going to be looked at for the Hall of Fame, so they're never never going to run out of, of people to uh, until the company actually closes down. Down, they're yeah. not going to run out of names. And then they'll stop doing it, and yeah. then they'll stop doing the Hall of Fame because <laughs> the company has closed down. Yes, so, but so I don't see that. I don't see I think that. You gotta look. 
<sighs> I'm out of luck on this one. All the odds are against okay. me. <laughs> what what does our what did the poll Facebook poll say? Well, I, the poll was kind of split. We had the same amount of people for it than against it. Oh, okay. So it's it's kind of, it's kind of right down the middle. Wow. So it was an inconclusive poll. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know this this could be debated on for years. Yeah, it could be. Which yeah. which the debate shall continue. Yeah. I have a feeling that once we. We're all at work and are able to see each other on Tuesday. Uh, the debate will continue. This won't be the end of it. <laughs> you better we'll find something else to debate. Oh, we yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll always have something to ba- debate on, and of course, whenever whatever the debate of the week is, it's obvious that we'll come mm-hmm. and talk about it on here. So. You know, just for further clarification, I think I think he should go, but because of the of what happened at the end, uh, and for other reasons, uh, Drew and uh, Johnny think he shouldn't go. But again, you know, all we can do is discuss, and uh, the end choice comes to WWE, which unfortunately probably will never happen as long as Vince is running it. <laughs> which, which probably won't be for long. <laughs> Again. Yes, based on what I saw Friday night, uh, I don't think he has much time left. And yeah. I don't I don't mean just in the company either. <laughs> not not to be no. morbid, but Yeah, I mean we're we're just trying to be real here. Uh he's not looking good. He he looked all right when he came out. I don't think he looked too worn down, but then he started rambling and yeah. bringing up Something things. Gobbledygooker. Yeah, <laughs> gobbledygooker. Who? <laughs> Come on, you got to stay focused. That and, was thirty years ago. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think a lot of the stuff he rambled on about made sense or kind of made tribute to Triple H. So. Yeah, I think that that should have just been scrapped. He should have scrapped himself. He shouldn't have gone out there. Well, like, I'm going to scrap my own segment just because I know I'm not going to go out there. And I think what probably happened, he probably forgot his line. Yeah, the dementia set in. He yeah. couldn't remember what he was going to say. Yeah. I will admit, it was... It was I was a little critical about it as soon as it happened because it didn't look well. But then there was that little moment when uh, Vince got real and said to Triple H, hey, look, man, I love you. And, you know, as cliche as those words are, just the look Triple H got on his face when Vince said it, you know, that's real life shit. And he said it back to him. So, you know. A little bit of a cheesy moment, but at least you knew that was real. So, yeah, who knows? Who knows what will happen with all of this, but we'll we'll talk about that here in a bit because we're about to get into the reviews for the week, and I think we're going to go again with uh, just show by show and 
name our favorite moments. So we'll go with Johnny first on uh, Raw, and we'll see if he had a favorite moment of the week. Okay. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> this past week on Raw, we had three matches, men's matches, to determine the Raw side of the Money in the Bank climb the corporate ladder match in a couple weeks. Um, and one of the matches, which I, I thought was a really good match, which turned out to be, and in my opinion, an upset was uh, Rey Mysterio versus Murphy. Yes. That, they, they put on a really good match, and uh, there there were moments there when I thought, I thought Murphy was going to win. And uh, even before this, I, I, I assumed Murphy would win because they want to push younger talent. And so... You know, uh, MVP had a match earlier in the night against uh, against Apollo Cruz, and and he lost that one. So you're thinking, well, they're letting the veterans lose. But yeah. no, th- this one, uh, Rey Mysterio picked up the win. Yeah, which I also said I loved as well because uh, you know you obviously like Johnny said you want to push the younger talent. So that's what they did with the majority of it. But Ray is a special kind of talent. Even right now that he's getting a little older, he's still going really damn good. Yep. You know, he's adjusted well Hmm. to the moves he can and can't do and how he had to uh, not do some things and add some new moves in there to kind of make himself still look really good without risking himself too much. So, hell yeah. That was a good win. It surprised me just as much as anyone else, I think. So, hell yeah. That was a pretty damn good moment. And Money is the Bank is the only one of the only matches that Rey Mysterio has never won. He yeah. has won it. He has won it. Oh, he has? No, no, he didn't. Never mind. No, they cashed never in mind. on him. He, he got cashed in on the Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, my yeah, my, so. my my brain is out today. Uh-oh. Yeah. It's, oh, it's whoa. Sunday. <laughs> yeah, well, one could. I mean, we haven't said this yet, but we're recording on a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, that I think the brain decided to take the weekend off. <laughs> because, uh, <laughs> yeah. We're recording here on a Sunday instead of a Saturday. Uh, he got a little too relaxed and understandable. We all get a little worn out, so we can't blame him for it. It's happened to me as well. So, especially yeah. during during this time that we're in, and we we have to work extra hard, and under we're under a lot of pressure with the with the, the illness that's going around. Yeah, which is going on a lot longer than I thought it would. So, and yeah, just. Fuck the virus is what I mean. It's <laughs> hey, like my shirt says. Exactly. What does my shirt say? Support wrestling, screw coronavirus. <laughs> I think that's how a lot of us feel right now. So since we have that moment in the books, uh, Drew, what was your moment of the week for Raw? Well, my favorite moment was the Aleister Black match. That's not what I want to talk about. <laughs> I want to talk about the Street Profits on commentary during Bianca's match. Yeah. It drove me bonkers. 
Because <laughs> all they did was yell and scream and ooh and ah. They never commentated, said one thing about the match. <laughs> it drove yeah. me crazy. And yeah. I, I, I think with the fact that there's no fans there, they're just trying to add as much hype as they can. Well, I know, but Jerry and uh, Tom couldn't get a word in to comment on any of the moves, any of the matches, anything. Because they were all yeah. they did was holler and scream. Yeah, <laughs> it drove me nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're gonna have someone come in for commentary, like on the Alistair make... match, yeah, Selena was on commentary and she did excellent. Yeah, yeah. she was yeah. great. Which, which is my moment for the week. Her on commentary was really damn good. So. Uh, yeah, I could understand what you mean because if you're going to have someone come in on commentary, you need to make sure they know what they're doing or that they're going to work well with the commentary team to make the match sound good. And this just didn't sound good. So We had no description I know what you of mean. any kind. Yeah. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. It's like they were fans in the audience. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty much just a cheering section for Bianca Belair, which I can't get into her either. So I know she's married to one of them, but hey. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like I said, like I'm gonna bring up even with uh, the Alistair match that Selena was out there while he was facing Austin Theory. Uh, I know why she's there, because she's managing Austin, but he's also facing her real-life husband. So that definitely, that is a reason to put her out there, because she has a real interest in the match. She didn't actually show favoritism either. Yeah. She went the opposite. (laughs) Yeah, like I said, that's how you do great commentary when you bring someone in. Commentator should be unbiased. Yes. So, but but you well, do have not, those face and heel commentators like yeah. Jerry Lawler and Corey Graves. Actually, commentate. And Byron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I could understand what Drew is saying there, and you know his moment kind of led into my moment when Zelina was on commentary, but. She had a lot of moments throughout the night. Uh, one of my favorite ones was when uh, she interrupted McIntyre uh, at the beginning. And as he laid down the challenge and Andrade attacked. But right before that, when he calls Selena a thorn in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Which... I thought was a good line from Drew, and you can't that you couldn't get that good of a line if she wasn't out there. So yeah, I would have to say my favorite moment for Raw is uh, just Selena throughout the night would be my favorite moment. So yeah, she was yeah. out there like four times. Yeah, yeah, it was very Selena heavy, and I'm not mad I'm not, at it. I'm not gonna complain huh. either. Yeah, because she always looks like fire when she's out there. You know, for obvious reasons. She's good on the mic. She's good to look at. Yes, yes. <laughs> she's she's the best of the best of both worlds. 
So, you know, I really enjoyed it having her out there. So uh, I guess uh, we'll we'll end with NXT and the next moments I want to get in uh, are for SmackDown. So if y'all want to start that off, I'll be right back. Uh, well, I, I actually did watch NXT this week. I actually saw it before Fritz did. <laughs> uh, and going to do SmackDown first? Then he, then he said say NXT first, right? I don't know. Okay. Either one, it doesn't matter. Whichever one uh, you want to do. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll do NXT because I don't know. If he, did he see it? Did he watch it? I think he did. He watched okay. it uh, Saturday, I believe. Yesterday. Uh, well, I mean, they had uh, three matches in the uh, the Cruiserweight uh, Round Robin Tournament. And uh, I, there wasn't really anything that necessarily that I liked from this episode, but I will talk about something I didn't like is that uh, Drake Maverick, uh, he's he's in the tournament. He went up against Jack Jack Atlas from Jake Atlas, and uh, they they uh, put the uh, the story of well the actual story of him be, being released as part of his story in the tournament and it, it doesn't look good for him. He lost his first match and I I have a feeling that they might make him lose all three first round matches. I think that they will too because his other two opponents in group A and B, A or whichever group he's in, yeah. are Kushida and Tony Nese. And yeah. I picked Kushida to win it all. <laughs> Kushida, Nese and Atlas. Atlas. Yeah, and he's already lost to Atlas. Yeah. So I think he's going to go 0-3. Yeah, I, I think so too, and that'll be it for him in, in WWE. But, you know, like like Freddie was saying before, you know, I, I don't think he should, he should even be doing this knowing that he doesn't have a job anymore. But I guess he, he wants to just put himself out there for the next company that comes along. Yeah. All right. I'm back. So where were we at? Okay, so... We're on the next team. Yeah. Uh, I, okay. I, I really didn't have anything that I particularly liked, liked about the episode, but I was talking about the thing I didn't like, which is the whole Drake Maverick situation, how... They're using the, the the actual story of him being released as part of his uh, run in, in the the cruiserweight tournament, and how he's already he already lost one match. I have a feeling that he's going to lose all all his matches. Hmm. Yeah, I I could see if they were to do that, uh, it would be. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm conflicted about that situation still, just uh, because of how things went down. Uh, I have my own theory about it, which I talked to Drew about yesterday. So I, I could talk about it on here. Uh, what did Drew think about his moment? Uh my favorite moment was the actual Kushida match. Kushida and Tony Renice. They put on one hell of a match. 
Yeah. And I picked Kushida to win the whole tournament anyway. Yeah. A, a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah, pretty much everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like. Yeah, because we all know, you know, he was brought in from New Japan. And, you know, to be put in NXT coming from a company like New Japan, uh, some people would say, and I'm pretty sure some people say this, that it's a bit of a step down, depending on how you look at it. But it's all on how you use them. A lot of people have been used in NXT pretty damn good. So... You know, just don't make him a comedy act, which to this point, they haven't. So, you know, if you keep riding that momentum and realize who you have on your hands, uh, it can be really damn good. And and I've said this, that I I hope if if they ever do uh, get him on the main roster that they they treat him right. They They don't mess him up. Yeah. Hopefully by the point, because let, let's face it, this, if I were to predict anything, is that he will eventually be on main roster, you know, because I could see a match between him and Shinsuke, which, you know, they both were in New Japan at, at the same time, and I'm pretty sure they had a match down there at one point, if not a lot. Um, uh yeah, that could be a big WrestleMania match or a SummerSlam match, depending on where they're where they are at that point and how they would want to put it. So I can yeah. see that being a really good match. I can picture him going up with a lot of guys on the main roster. Oh yeah, like Murph, him and Murphy would be a great match. Yeah, 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 and yeah. even like we said with while we were talking about Chris Benoit, it's it's a focus on the future. You know, these new guys that are coming up that will eventually be Hall of Famers. You know, a lot of them with the stuff they've done, even right now, while they're still young, is enough to go into the Hall of Fame. So, yeah. And this this tournament right now, Kashida, he's familiar with this style tournament because this is essentially... WWE's version of the G1. You yeah, have, on a smaller scale, yeah. a lot smaller yeah, scale. <laughs> it's eight, yeah, because, well, yeah, in G1, each group had eight wrestlers. This one, each group has four wrestlers. So you just, you're just, you know, putting, halving it, you know, in half. That's yeah. So, but yeah, he, he knows how, how this goes. And so he's, you know, he knows what to expect. Yeah. I could even see the win kind of maybe fast-tracking the move to the main roster a little more. Also, the thing is, uh, I don't know what they're going to do after this because this tournament's called the Interim Cruiserweight Title Tournament because Jordan Devlin's not able to come to to the States to defend it right now. Uh, So that means that this is this is just going to be a short-term champion, or I I don't know what it means. I mean, or is the winner going to have to go against Jordan Devlin? That's probably what they'll do at the next pay-per-view. Whenever we're able to have an NXT pay-per-view, right? They'll have the winner of this tournament go against Jordan, and the winner of that will be 
the true right cruiserweight champion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, here's here's what I'm gonna go with that. Uh, in UFC, whenever there's an interim champion, eventually that interim champion faces the true champion. So once all this clears out and he's able to come back to work, I could see whoever the interim champion is going against Jordan Devlin to, you know, settle the air there and uh, have the actual champion. And maybe they could even capitalize on it because the interim champion is going to have to have a belt. And I have a feeling they would just use like one of the replica belts to kind of have him carry around. So they could even capitalize on it and have a new belt. Well, they already have the belt out there, don't they, for the tournament? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. See? Uh, <laughs> that would work then. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's eventually going to happen. But it's a little weird. It's a little weird at the same time, but – as far as what I said about the championship, because I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess they could just keep the new championship, but yeah, I've, it all sounds like it could be really good once they could bring everybody back to work. That's all we're waiting on. But as far as my moment, and I know I talked about it earlier in the week to Drew for sure, and probably Johnny as well. Um, I, I'm i no longer sure about Drake Maverick and his release. If he's actually going to stay released, because I know Johnny said he would have him losing all the matches, but WWE is a company that likes to capitalize on what they see. And I guess they could see the amount of support that Drake Maverick has got these last couple of days, all stemming from that video he put out right after he was released. And the fact that WWE used the video this week on their NXT show would make me believe there has to be some sort of interest in keeping him. Or bring him him back at some point. Or even though even though they did release, you know, several other wrestlers, and we went through that last week, maybe Drake Maverick being released, maybe that's it, it. It's all a work. Yeah, it could be. Which, if that's what they, if that's what this is, this is just a work in the middle of some. Actual releases. The work in the middle of a shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to would that feel be sorry about or would that be genius? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here, here's what I'm going to say about it. If Drake Maverick's release is just a kayfabe release amongst real releases, I'm pissed off that this company would do that. I don't know if y'all would feel the same way. Well, I don't know if also, that's sorry, or I don't know if that's genius. I just <laughs> well, there's also rumors of them bringing back Sarah Logan too. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because of the feedback she's getting. Yeah. Again, See, I don't, I don't think they would do a storyline release in the middle of real releases. I think it's just the feedback <laughs> they're on. getting. Come on, man. I don't think this is WWE. I don't think, <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Triple H might be that smart, but I don't think Vince is that smart. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I'm, I'm torn. Okay. This is the best way I can put it. From a business standpoint, that's a smart move because you're playing with real life emotions and in the state of mind that people are in right now, they'll get more invest more invested right in a story like this. But <laughs> me personally, I'm angry and thinking it's it's genius at the same time if this is what is actually happening. Because one, you got one over on me. You got me all invested in how emotional Drake Maverick was. But then if it comes out that it's a work, I'm mad. Like, it's just a big circle with the emotions going on right now. You know, you said that again one other time that you got me. Yeah. <laughs> when Edge came back and Randy attacked him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if this is just a fake release or kayfabe release, I think it's genius. Like you said, yeah. it's playing on people's emotions. Yeah. And their With... real life involvement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if so, Drake Maverick's one hell of an actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Drake, with the amount of emotion that Drake Maverick showed he's a hell of an actor better than yeah. John Cena uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, I want to see John Cena pee on cue yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and if he can pee on cue it's from a side effect of uh some of the steroids he uses yeah. he's way <laughs> too jacked <laughs> yeah but it, that's if that is the fact, if it's a kayfabe release, that's a hell of hell of a good acting, and he deserves to be used a lot more. Oscar, oh, God. yeah, yeah, or Emmy. The, the, Since it's on TV, it'd be an Emmy, so, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. gonna be used so slammy. Yeah, oh, whatever. <laughs> I I think we should start. We should. Uh, Start a hashtag, uh, Drake for an Emmy. <laughs> I'll probably get that going just for fun, but we'll see if it takes off. Uh, yeah, Drake Maverick, great worker, uh, showed a lot of emotion. And if it is, it's kayfabe. Uh, I, I think WWE didn't intend for it to go that way, but that they might run with it. They're known to run with what they see grabs people's attention and this definitely grabbed their attention. So. And we had a perfect example last year at this time, Kofi yeah. mania. Yeah. Just uh, don't give up on it. Like they give up on Kofi mania. <laughs> actually, actually see it through. 
he went to hey he went a half a year as a champion. I don't think they gave up on it. <laughs> no, but so from WrestleMania to October. Yeah. 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 A decent run. We'll just leave it at that. For something that wasn't supposed to happen, right, right, it, it went in. It went. It went pretty damn good. So, yeah, you can't be a hundred percent satisfied. But it was a good run. So, yeah, Drake, good worker, needs to be used a lot more uh, wherever he goes or if he stays. He'll be used great. I hope. So, yeah, that was our NXT. Uh, I guess we'll move on to SmackDown. Oh, we already talked SmackDown a no little bit. No way. No way. Well, we talked about it a little bit with the Vince at stuff at the end, but we'll get into the moments of the show here. Uh, Johnny, what was your moment for SmackDown? Okay, well, I mean, going back to, to that celebration, the first part of the celebration I I liked with Triple H coming out and then he started talking and then Shawn Michaels came out and they they went back and forth. Shawn Michaels showed a a couple of promo uh, or a couple of video packages. One of of some hilarious uh, never before seen DX outtakes, which were pretty funny. All Triple H losses at Mania. That was the second video package <laughs> because Triple H has lost thirteen at thirteen WrestleManias that yeah. he appeared in. So, but but that was only because uh, he was a heel, and and everyone knows well wrestling wise that the heels almost always lose at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. But, Which yeah. he doesn't mind, you know, yeah. heel. He'll have his moments even with a loss. He has his moments in the match. So, but then yeah. after after that, uh, uh, Sean started talking about how you know he he could have done better if it wasn't for and he was start going to start and that, that woman. Re- yeah, he was going to reference Stephanie and the Stephanie called Triple H and Facetimed him and said, hey, "Well, I'm watching it live right now, and and I heard Sean talking about me and." And Sean started mimicking her, her emotions, <laughs> and and Stephanie's like, like he's making fun of me. I can see that right now. And and then and then Triple H hung up. And he's like, uh, he's like, oh yeah, uh, Steph said hi. She uh, <laughs> she she saw you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so so then uh, then after that, Shawn Michaels brought out Ric Flair, and of course then Ric Flair calls and he says some some uh, you know thank yous to Triple H and. And stuff like that, and then he hang, hangs up. But before, right before they went to commercial, Flair calls back, and all you hear him is just crying on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and so then they went to the commercial, and when they came back from commercial, uh, Road Dog, uh, Brian Armstrong was on the phone, and you know, telling how much he appreciated Triple H, and and they they start joking around a bit. And then after that, that's when Vince came out, and then then it fell apart. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, that first the first part of the segment was really 
really interesting and funny and yeah. it was all it was all over the place as far as the uh, the emotions it brought out in Triple H because he was funny then he got emotional and I like at the very it, beginning when he walked out with the water bottle he was fixing drinking the guy yes. took it from him so he couldn't yes. spit it everywhere and and yeah. that guy was wearing a mask too yeah that was funny yeah so you know exactly what that moment was there for it was if, if if you know Triple H, you, you know when he when he came out for comes out for his matches, he always takes a takes a drink of his water bottle, looks up and spits the water out, and so it just sprays everywhere. Yeah, but but yeah. you can't you can't do that right now. So no, yeah, yeah, because it would have been, I think from. I'm pretty sure I got my angles correct here. It would have been right in front of the commentary tables. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, you know, social distancing, germs, that's <laughs> yeah. how it spreads. So <laughs> I understand why they took the bottle away. It's still funny. Yeah, but, but they, really they did, funny. They did leave him with a cap. Yeah, he yeah. kept the cap. And he just tossed the cap in the air and <laughs> was rolled his eyes gathering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so great, man. It was, I, I, I hate the way it ended just for that fact. Yeah. That from the entrance, it was greatness. And probably my favorite line of that whole bit was when Sean was mimicking uh, Stephanie in the back. And she she noticed it, and she finally had enough. And she's like, "You tell that lazy-eyed motherfucker, or whatever she said." <laughs> that's like, what she said that word, but okay. That's when Triple H hung up. Yeah, that's where he. I don't know if that's the that's not the exact word she used, but yeah. I can't remember what word she said, so no, I just put that and, in there. Yeah, yeah. She just said lazy-eyed, and then they cut out. Okay. So yeah, she might have said it. We just didn't. You're pop. using your own words. <laughs> yeah, I'm just filling in where I thought it would have gone. <laughs> I, I, I liked it too when when Sean was showing Triple H. Well, you know, if, you know if 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 you people at home aren't down with Triple H, I got two words for you. He said social distancing. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. if if you know DX, you know their their line was I got two words for you, and the crowd said suck it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And Triple H was like social distancing, really? That's what we're saying now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as much as I as I love the beginning and hate how it ended with the lights being shut down and them being kicked out. And the cricket. I will admit the last line kind of saved it a little bit because at yeah. least you end with a little bit of a chuckle. <laughs> Uh, Sean pretty much said, "Hey, crickets, kind of how your career went so, there. Your crickets, so, your career so, now. So the, yeah. the the sound of crickets goes off, and Triple H said, do you hear crickets?' And Shawn Michaels said, "Story of your career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it it started off great, lost itself a little bit at the end with Vince, but ended with a great line. So." It was it was funny. I enjoyed it. Pretty much seventy five percent of it I did. Yeah. 
right. So, Drew, what do you have as your moment for SmackDown? Enjoyed Lucha House Party beating Miz and Morrison. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was great. Talk talk about putting putting people over. Yeah. (laughs) That kind of also fits in with, in the same way as when Rey Mysterio won on Raw. And how we were saying they're putting the new talent over the experienced talent. Uh, this was the other way around. You know, even though Lucha House Party has been with the company for a little bit, never been able to take them seriously as much as I've wanted to. Yeah. But hopefully this leads to, you know, a bigger push. Right. And how they came out at the beginning and said, hey, we've never had a title shot. Everybody else in this company has. We haven't. Why not? Yeah. And just the way they work the match. And, you know, they've always been able to put great moves out there. Obviously, because they're luchadors. Like, like for example, the senton that that, uh, the Grand Metal League did off the the Elimination elimination Chamber a couple months ago. Yeah. 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 It's the moves have always been there. They just need to get behind them and push them the right way. So, yeah, I hope with this it'll lead into eventually, maybe not right off the bat, but a a tag team championship and a good run with it. So, because have they had the tag team championship before? No. I don't think so, no. Hmm. No, Kalisos had the U.S. title before. Okay, that's fine. I remember some title being involved there. And, but... and I think maybe he had the cruiserweight title one time. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, but that—that's what needs to happen. It's uh, they just need to get a good run with the tag titles eventually. Yeah, you know, I just hope they push them well. Because I saw just the way they moved and the way they tied it into the win, it, it kind of gives you hope for it. So, yeah, if if this leads to that, this could be a great moment in that. And uh, so normally for my moment of SmackDown, if someone doesn't take it, I normally go with the Bray Wyatt where where his moment as to whoever he's feuding with at the time, which right now is Braun Strowman. But this week they only uh, recapped the history because there's a lot of history there. So I'm not going to go with that as my moment. I would probably have to go with... Uh... A little difficult now, but since we already talked about the celebration and stuff like that, I would have to go with uh, Drew Gulak versus Baron Corbin. I never thought I would go with the Baron Corbin match <laughs> as, as my moment, but uh, just because of the way it ended, uh, Cesaro and uh, Shinsuke coming out kind of helping Corbin get the win uh, because I, I think 
in the pay-per-view, Baron Corbin is going to take a lot of moments during the ladder match. And I could see a potential moment happening, which we talked about, but we're not going to get into what that moment is until the show we do the week of the pay-per-view because it's kind of our own prediction for Money in the Bank and uh, you'll hear our prediction show soon. But yeah, I would go with Baron Corbin and how he got the win and just because what it could potentially lead to seeing as the Money in the Bank ladder match is going to pretty much take over the whole building. And we've never seen that before. Yeah. So, for, for those of you who haven't heard, like I said, if you've ever seen the movie The Raid, they, they're going to start out on the bottom floor of the WWE headquarters in, in Stanford, Connecticut. And uh, the building is seven floors. So, they got to go up seven floors to the roof where there's going to be a ring set up with, with a ladder. And, and, and then they have to climb the ladder and get the briefcase. Yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, I could see this match going, I don't know if they would give it over an hour. Hmm. I think that would be the first time well, in a while that a know, match got, has gone over an hour. Well, you have two, <laughs> two matches that are going to be like that, too. Yeah, which I have a theory about that as well, which I'll touch on real quick, but I'll get into it more later. What if... For the sake of time, and since it's going to be, let's face it, it's going to be chaos. So they could even make it more chaotic and more cinematic and have two rings at the top of the performance. I know they're showing the picture where it just has one ring, but what if they have both rings set up at the same time? And the women's Money in the Bank ladder match is going on at the same time as the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Well, they do show in the pictures one ring with yeah. two different briefcases up there. <laughs> ah. Yeah. That could, that could be possible, too, to have both briefcases hanging at the same time. But then I have a feeling the ring would get a little too crowded. Yeah, and then you would have to consider actually having intergender rules. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a couple <laughs> fighting in this thing. <laughs> yeah. Which is Which possible. is possible because next it week possible. you're going to have Otis and Mandy both trying to qualify. Uh, right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. One can and climb if, up the ladder and the other one guard it and they both you damn both of them. <laughs> <laughs> See, th this is, and, and I've said this quite a bit whenever we discuss stuff at work because, uh, you know, mainly, you know, me and Drew, we, we talk about it much longer than Johnny does because uh, we stand there a lot. Because I, I actually work. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> we work too. We, we just, you know, I do a lot more in the back, so I can kind yeah. of work and talk at the same time. Yeah, yeah, Johnny, you can do that. Yeah, Johnny has to be on the sales floor a lot more than I have to, so I can manage that time a little better with 
working and talking who knew I could multitask, but <laughs> yeah, uh, it'd be interesting if uh, we had the first ever couple money in the bank winners. <laughs> Imagine the view of Mandy and Otis on top of a seven story building, both of them holding the briefcase up. <laughs> And they could possibly, in the future, both cash in on the same night. I could also see them when they're on top of the ladder, on top of the building, you know, making out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but making out on top of the ladders. Yeah. Holding the briefcase in one hand. <laughs> no, and then forgetting about the briefcases and just kind of be like, oh, we need both hands to make out. So they just drop the briefcases and... Well, after they'd already won them is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. After yeah. they won. After the um, bell rings. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, that that's just one possibility that is in my mind right now. And uh, we'll get into it more on our discussion show about that. But yeah, I could see a lot of great stuff happening because of that one match. And... Yeah, I think it definitely would be a great idea of having both matches going on at the same time, whether it be one ring or two rings. But, you know, with the way WrestleMania happened and that being a first, this could be a first. And, you know, WWE is all about first-time things right now, seeing as how how well this WrestleMania was received. So maybe that's a possibility. Who knows? One could only hope they are as smart as we are. They would come up with something like this because I know we throw a lot of ideas around. So I hope something like this happens. But to move away from WWE to kind of end with our dynamite, uh, Johnny, what was your moment for uh, Dynamite this week? I, I think the um, the match that really stuck out was the uh, Kenny Omega match against, uh, I guess, a- a- Alan Angles. Yeah, which which wasn't really really wasn't a squash match. It, uh, you know, Alan Angles put on a lot of good offense. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, whenever AEW has a guy making his debut against someone like the name of Kenny Omega, it it ends up being a bit of a squash match at the end. But Alan Angels or Angles, however, uh, Jericho called them during the match because he kind (laughs) of changed up the name a couple of times. Called him Eagles, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He did call them Eagles. (laughs) <laughs> That's just Jericho being Jericho. Which uh, I, I want to point out, uh, there's a city nearby where we live. They're called no, it's called Allen, and the in the high school there, they're the Eagles. So it's Allen <laughs> Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny coincidences that yeah. we find sometimes. Yeah. But but yeah. I, I want to mention that an AEW squash match is different from a WWE squash squash, uh, squash match. And WWE yeah. squash matches are only maybe a couple minutes long. 
which yeah. in AEW they let the the new talent actually have some offense before they get squashed. Yeah, not always. Ninety the guy that fought Brody Lee this week and the guy that fought Wardlow. They didn't well, put in much offense. <laughs> well, that, that's you know, that's a little different though. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a really big size difference there. Brody Lee is actually trying to get him himself over. Yeah. After, yeah. after coming from WWE, so yeah, like Marco next week. Actually, no, I, I can actually. See Marco is going to give him some offense. And Marco is going to actually maybe even come close to pinning him. Yeah, but you know. It's pretty obvious that he's not just because of how over Brody Lee has to get himself after leaving a company like WWE. But I could see Marco putting on a great show also because, you know, every time Brody Lee is having a match, they're at the same time almost focusing on Marco just as much. They're on the side of the ring, so yeah, I think that's going to be a pretty good match as well. And uh, I hope it elevates Marco a little more than uh, he already has elevated himself because probably one of the best things going on could be one of the best things going on if AEW would give him the chance. So, yeah. I could definitely see that working out real good for Marco and Brody. So, Drew, what was your moment of the week? Brandy Spears. Brandy Spears Penelope. That spear alone was enough to make that match. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. With one move, they managed to gain as much for a match between Brandy and Penelope. Who who knew that could be achieved with just one move? Yeah. And where did that spear come from? I've never seen Brandy do a spear before, but it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, well, you know. But, you know, she hasn't gotten in the ring yet, so, you know, she's, she's at the, in the match, so she's had time to. She has to, to. To win. Her and uh, um, the girl that they shaved her head. Yeah. Well, but that wasn't an official match, though. Yeah, it was. They fought a somebody on Dynamite like late October. That was Awesome Kong. No, Awesome Kong was sick one day. Brandy filled yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was sick one day. That's what they okay. said on the show. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're going by what they said. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, she was in a ma- one match on Dynamite. Oh. Huh. Late, late last year. Well, but still, she's had time to to perfect her move set. Yeah. yeah, yeah. because even though she has been on camera a lot, she hasn't wrestled a lot. So definitely had the time to focus more on getting better to have matches in the future. And, you know, maybe they gave us a little bit of taste with when uh, Awesome Kong was sick. Um I don't want to start any rumors because I know this sickness, there's a lot of rumors about it still, a lot of stuff that we don't know about it, but maybe she had coronavirus before coronavirus was the it thing. So, you know, 
Again, don't want to start that rumor, but who knows? You never know. Uh, awesome Kong could have been patient zero here in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> and if she ever decides to come back, that would be a hell of a gimmick if she could, you know, rebrand herself or maybe nickname herself Patient Zero. <laughs> yeah, she she went back to film uh, the new season, the season of Glow. Yeah, yeah. Which you know that's a good thing because you know she was she's really good in Glow, and she obviously elevates the show as well. So. I just hope she comes back and is able to have a legitimate run without any interruptions <laughs> and to a natural crowd. Yeah. So I just want to see Brandy in the match. Yeah. I would like to see her get a run maybe with the title. I, I want to yeah. see I want to see Brandy against Britt Baker. That would be yeah. Hell yeah. That would be really good. I just want to see her in any capacity of a match. Yeah. Because I, I think with uh, the obvious connections there, you know, being married to Cody and having Dustin as a brother-in-law and, you know, the wisdom he could share and help her out, you know, it's yeah, all she, it's all there. Yeah, she, she came out with him for the match. Yeah. It's, it's all there. For her to be amazing. So I think that could happen. So if I were to choose a moment for the week, let me pull it up here because I have it set aside. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm going to go on the kind of how the route that uh, Drew would go because this would be one of the moments he would probably choose. Uh, Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen. Even before the match started, <laughs> when the ladder was set up between the ring and the barricade, and he did that splash, it set the tone for the match. And I don't think it disappointed it was yeah. a really good match between both of them. And I, I like the way he won, uh, especially that uh, top rope reverse ankle lock that uh, Darby got on Sammy when he took the boot off. And, you know, Sammy was kind of selling that his foot got a little jacked up during it. Yeah, it was just a really good match. It had a lot of great moments in it that kind of carried the match pretty well. So that's what I would go with. But there was a lot of good shit, you know. I thought I was originally going to go with Orange Cassidy game that went over Jimmy Havoc because, you know, I'm an Orange Cassidy guy. But, mm -hmm. you know, I think Sammy really showed – even though he lost, um, he showed some really good momentum that he, you know, even though he's been carrying the show and being a part of Jericho's group and, uh, you know, the bubbly bunch mm -hmm. and all that shit, it's all good shit. The flim flam dance off. 
Yes, the flim flam dance off. <laughs> for the with, bottle of hand sanitizer. Yeah, for the bottle of hand sanitizer. <laughs> which, you know, Jericho at the end of that bit was I'm like, mad oh, Sammy's a show off. Yeah, he's <laughs> mad that Sammy's a show off. And that coming from a show off. Yeah. <laughs> so, the ultimate show off. <laughs> yeah, the ultimate show off. Uh, it, it's just great. You can't be mad at AEW. I know I've read ever since Wednesday that some people aren't taking AEW seriously because the product they're throwing out there right now is a little bit different than how they came off at first because they're having a lot more fun with it other than staying serious the whole time. They're comparing it to late 90s Nitro. Yeah, which isn't bad. That's that's a good shout. So, yeah, I just don't understand the people that are saying, oh, we're not taking it seriously anymore or we stopped watching because they're they're becoming a little bit more comedic. I'm like, look at the time. And like, that's what's needed right now. Look at and look at WWE. They've always been way too, I think, way too comedic. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is a good mix of being serious and having just enough fun. So and I'm I'm even prepared to say I like it more right now than how it was at the beginning, which I really liked it at the be- since the beginning. So, yeah. I, I don't think I'm, I'm ever going to be down on AEW if this is how they continue. Um, same here. I've, I've always been down for AEW even before they started. To, even back when they first had the all-in paper, which was really an, in, an indie show, but that was a precursor to AEW. Yeah, yeah. Ever since they've started putting on shows, even before they were on on a weekly basis, you know, it, it was we always knew it was going to be interesting and different, and that they were going to keep changing how they how they ran and how they did shows because, you know, it's a new company and they're trying to find they're trying to find their perfect amount of fun and serious and the only way you can get there is by trial and error even though there's not any error here and and even though they just started they're being smart in that when there were fans they were holding their events in smaller venues rather than the yeah. big the big um, arenas like uh, when they were here in the area they were at at a uh, uh, Curtis Caldwell Center in in Garland, which they they actually said they were in Garland, even though they're actually they're in the Dallas area. Yeah, when, and that only that holds maybe five six thousand people. Yeah, and the Curtis Caldwell Center is known for one thing more than another, but it's really known for two things here to locals. It's known for graduations. And that one time they tried to do a terrorist attack. ISIS. <laughs> yes, ISIS in Garland. That's what <laughs> that's what the Curtis Colwell Center is known for. Which the only people that got killed were the terrorists. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just going to throw that out there. So, you know, don't mess with Texas means different things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I think it's because they've been on TV long enough. We're starting to get these guys' personalities are starting to yeah. come through better. Because when they just yeah. first started, you just knew they were wrestling. You didn't know anything about them, their background, anything else like that. Now we're starting yeah. to see their personalities develop. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. When they barely started, it was all about the flashiness of how well shut we up and wrestle. wrestle. Yeah. That's what it was. There was near zero promos, just straight matches. And now it's a lot different. You know, they're growing and evolving yeah. every week. And, and they then they make good use of legends, too. Yes. Like, like Jake Roberts. Yeah, how he's being goose with Lance Archer. And Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Just a lot of good shit. We he, we could go on forever. Yeah. <laughs> even going back forever, but even going yeah. going back to Billy Gunn. They're using him really good too. I like I like how yeah. they're using him teaming with his son. Yeah, Jericho the, called the gun dummies. The gun dummies. You know, they're called the gun club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I really like what they're doing. And I know I've said that a lot about AEW, but I, I, I really do mean it when I say every week I am amazed with what they do. So they manage to tell it just a little bit differently every week. And they show how well they're growing week by week. So, hell yeah. I love it. And it's, I, I just hope to what Johnny said, where, you know, they stick to the smaller arenas. I hope they never go to a full blown American Airlines Center trying to fill out 15, 16,000 seat arenas. They need to stick, you know, make go to a little bit bigger arenas right. eventually, but not not to where you can't make it as personal as it is with the fans. Because they interact with their fans a lot. When when they were able to have fan shirts. Is what yeah, I mean. it, yeah, and uh, like like after the show goes off the air, when they'll they'll do something just for the fans there in the arena though like yeah. uh there was a, a time when on the on the show they showed in the crowd there was somebody dressed as scooby-doo and somebody yeah. dressed as jesus so yeah. when the cameras went out here they said okay and they got two of their uh lower card guys they said okay you're gonna go in the ring and you're gonna face scooby-doo and jesus and they even got yeah. the got the announce and, and the ring announcers to announce him and and the uh, the lower card guys they actually put Jesus and Scooby Doo over and let them yeah. win. Yeah, and I think it, you know it's even in the record that yeah. Jesus and Scooby Doo for that year have <laughs> one, one win. They're one and zero. Yeah. <laughs> so that could if these guys ever decide to wherever they were come back there and they always go as Jesus and Scooby-Doo. They can yeah. put the camera on them and be like, hey, those are the guys 
one of the only people in AEW that have a perfect record for that year. It, it's just like when they first <laughs> when they first started, they had that the Orange Cassidy kid. Yeah, yeah, and they brought him in the ring, and yeah. Orange Cassidy kid is one to know. He won. <laughs> yeah. So mini Cody, Orange right? Cassidy. He beat Cody. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he beat Cody. Who can say that? Yeah. That at you know I'm, I'm guessing the kid was like seven maybe maybe even younger than that and he has a win over cody rhodes yeah so yeah i just like how personal this company gets yeah like uh, for the last moment i want to talk about since we're talking about how personal this company gets with their fans whenever we were here at that garland show that we went after the show ended, we went out and uh, started looking at some merch again. But then we decided to kind of go back into where our section was. And this was already about 15, 20 minutes after the show had already ended and the dark version of the show had already ended. Cody was still out there going fan by fan in the lower part of the arena, just taking pictures saying hi yeah. there was other wrestlers out there we tried to sneak down we tried didn't to work they wouldn't let us go in there <laughs> yeah, yeah they would they wouldn't let us go down there but we tried maybe next and, time yeah maybe next time <laughs> but yeah it's just awesome how personal this company gets with their fans so i just hope they're able to keep that for their for as long as they stay active you know i think they're in it for the long run yeah you know, and they're going to be great for as long as it lasts, which is going to be a long time. Definitely. So, those are our thoughts for the week, and uh, if there's anything more to be said, it'll be said after Stump the Brain. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Back to WWE questions. Who has the shortest title reign in WWE history? That would be Kane. Oh, hold on. No, wait. I want to change my answer. <laughs> it's actually uh, it's actually Yokozuna. At WrestleMania 6 or 9. Actually, Yokozuna is number three on the list at two minutes and six seconds. Okay. Hmm. No, number two is Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank 2016. <laughs> he has six minutes or two minutes. But number one is Andre the Giant. <laughs> <laughs> A minute and 48 seconds at the main event, February 5th, 1988. He beat uh, Hogan and basically sold the title to the Million Dollar Man. No. Oh. <laughs> oh, no wonder I didn't remember that. <laughs> Money talks. Million Dollar Man said everybody, every man has its price. Everybody has a price for the right. Million Dollar Man. And so Andre the Giant sold his title in a minute and 48 seconds. So he has the shortest title reign. But I was impressed he got Yokozuna because <laughs> I didn't yeah. know. I had to look it up. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Yokozuna, because uh, he he was he won the title, and then uh, and then Hogan went went into the ring and challenged him, and then he beat him for the title. Yeah. Well, he, the way I'm going to put as how this uh, stumped the brain question went, uh, even though he got it wrong, uh, he still looks like a genius. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because he got one wrong, but then he threw out about three or five different facts within seconds. So, yeah. you know, he he will always get the upper hand on this one. And, 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 and uh, the only reason <laughs> I said Kane at first, because Kane ha- held it for about 24 hours yeah. back in, back in 98. Uh, yeah. when he, he beat, he beat Austin for it, but then Austin beat him again the next night on the roll. <laughs> yeah. So. In all fairness, there are a bunch of title reigns that go between a minute 30 and 24 hours. Yeah. So, yeah, kudos to Johnny for his amazing knowledge. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, on that note, uh, I think we're good for this week and uh, hope everybody has an amazing week. And uh, we'll talk to you all next weekend. All right. Take care, everyone. Later. Check you later. I've actually got this because Brett loves it. Ain't get on no week, ain't get on no switcher. I was locked up on Christmas, ain't get to see my niggas, ain't get to hug my mama, couldn't even give her no kisses. Can't Alexa, stop. Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> She didn't get to the chorus. No, I, I just uh, had no, enough. We don't, we don't need to get to the chorus. <laughs> I had enough from the first, yeah, the first line. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's enough of that. Uh, that. That reaction didn't last long. <laughs>